Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Ben Dong. I'm Matt Cuglio. We are currently 156 days until the uh, 2020 season begins. Yeah, appro- approaching almost five months to go until the 2020 season begins. And it's going fast. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's actually really creeping up on us. And um, I mean, with everything going on, it just feels like time's going so slow. But uh, hey, I mean, the season's getting closer and closer. And uh, can't, can't complain about that. Yeah. Um, start off with some breaking news. Um, five-star 2021 class, Jonathan Kaminga has officially reclassified to the class of 2020. Um, his final list of options are Duke, Auburn, Kentucky, Texas Tech, and the G League. Where do you think he will go? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation saying if he were to reclass, that Auburn or Texas Tech or the G League would be the top three options for him there. And um, if he were to actually stay in the class of 2021, it would have been Duke or Kentucky. Um, I agree with this completely. I think now that he's reclassed to the class of 2020, I think that it's probably going to be between Texas Tech and the G League. And I think Auburn's the third option for him there. Um, his brother is definitely going to have an impact with that because his brother actually plays at Texas Tech. And um, the G League's also going to be a very big, and uh, they're going to try and recruit him a ton. They're going to offer him a ton of money. And um, I really hope he doesn't go to the G League because that just hurt to see as a college basketball fan. So um, I'm really hoping Texas Tech or Auburn and hopefully not G League. Yeah, I definitely think, like you said, his brother plays with Texas Tech and Texas Tech is a little short on actual big men. I think Texas Tech will be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, I mean, they got a, they got a couple guys coming in. They got Santos Silva coming in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's sure he'll be there. But if Kaming is there, I mean, he's definitely going to – I think he'll probably start considering how many people are actually um, – not eligible for this season for this Texas Tech team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really hope he goes there and that just makes Texas Tech – I think it'd probably make them a top-10 team. Would you Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, and um, so that should be pretty interesting, but I uh, want we'll to see what happens with that. Um, next, class of 2021 four-star, Ryan Nemhart has committed to Creighton. Ryan is the brother of Andrew Nemhart, um, who actually recently entered the transfer portal. Um, is this a good fit for Ryan to go to Creighton? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very good fit. I mean, Creighton's got a couple guys that are going to sit out one year and they're going to have to wait. And um, I think Nemhard, uh, the Ryan Nemhard, can definitely um, fill in with this role. And I think it's going to make Creighton a lot better for the near future, especially with the loss of Tyshawn Alexander this past year. But um, with that being said, do you think there is a chance that Andrew Nemhard will join his brother at Creighton? Yeah, um, we've seen a lot of family reunions in at college basketball. Um, so I, I think there's actually a really good chance for Andrew to join him at Creighton. And if he does, their backcourt is going to be very good with Alex O'Connell eligible two years from now. Yeah, I mean, that should be that should be a very good team in two years from now because Nemhard's going to be a sit-out, DJ Carton's going to be a sit-out, and Alex O'Connell's probably going to be a sit-out. So um, if they can find another big that can play, I mean, I know they got some guy coming in for this 2020 class. So if he hopefully stays, I think Creighton's going to be one of the top teams in the Big East in 2021. I think they'll probably dethrone Villanova in two years from now. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, DePaul Athletic Director Gene Lenti Poncento will be retiring as an athletic director at DePaul. Um, she spent the past 18 years as the AD at DePaul, 45 years in the program. Um, 
with this new uh, athletic director decision being made, do you think that they will keep around Dave Latow as the DePaul head coach? I think they'll give him one more year um, this year. Um, I know I kind of uh, had no hope for them, but looking at the Big East, there, there might be a little hope. I don't think they're going to make the tournament, but I think they won't be in last. They, they will not be in last place, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really hope they're not in last, and I, I have, I have hope for them. Like I said before, I have a, you gotta have a little light for all these teams and a little bit of hope. And um, I definitely see this hope here. But um, if he doesn't have a very good year, I think he's gonna be out the door. I know he does. I know he just recently got the contract extension through 2024, but I don't think it'll be that long, especially with the new AD coming in, and he's gonna be on a very tight rope coming into the season. And I mean, hopefully he can do something with this team because they really need it. Yeah, I didn't really get why he got the extension. He's he's on contract for another four years. So if they do fire him, that's a that's a hefty buyout just because of that extension. Yeah, that that could also be one reason why he will stay through these four years. I mean, yeah, like you said, I I don't think the extension was actually the right choice. I think I think they should just let him go and find someone else because there's a lot of better coaches out there. Don't get me wrong, Dave Latow is a very good coach, but they could have they could have struck out a couple other good coaches out there. Yeah. Um, next, BC has hired Temple Athletic Director Patrick Kraft. Kraft replaces Martin Jarmand, who left for UCLA for the same position. Will Kraft finally make a change we have all been waiting for? Uh, fire Jim Christian. Um. Yeah, I think this is definitely like the Dave Latow situation here. I think. I think we'll give him one more year, and if he if he does something with it, I think he'll maybe stay around. But I think with Jim Christian's gonna be a little bit different because he's had he's had a lot of he's had a couple good years, but I just think the bad years outweigh the good years. And Dave Latow and Jim Christian are two very different coaches and two very different programs. And BC they 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 have a higher expectation. I mean they're in the ACC, they the expectations a lot higher in the ACC than the Big East and I think they'll give him one more year, but if he doesn't do anything with it, I think he's definitely going to be out the door. And he might be even out the door midway through the season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I've been rooting for Jim Christian for as long as he's been here, but he just hasn't made the tournament. And so that's probably frustrating for all the BC fans, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating. I mean, they made the NIT in 2018, and that's the only thing he's done. They've done nothing else besides that. But this year, he looks to have a – an all right team better than most years. So I think one final year and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, they got to make, he's got to make most of it because he's, he's on a tight rope and who knows where he might go after BC. I mean, he may, he's probably going to have to step down to a mid-major team, I assume, but I think I have opened him and I hopefully that he can keep the job at BC. Yeah. Next, class of 2021 four-star Benny Williams has committed to Syracuse. He's a 6 8 forward who chose Syracuse over Miami, Georgetown, and Maryland. Is this a good fit? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very good fit. I think it's also a very interesting fit. Um, I don't know why he chose Syracuse. Uh, I personally would have chose Maryland or Georgetown, considering – probably not Georgetown, probably more Maryland, considering that they got a couple state-out transfers. And Syracuse doesn't really have that. I mean – Sure, and they got Frank Salem, who we're going to talk about in a minute, and they got a couple other guys coming in, but I guess he just wanted to play for the program, and we talked about last episode, playing for that Syracuse program is going to be a lot better, and it's just more 
historic and well-known, and that's probably why he wanted to go there. But I don't know if this is the right decision, but uh, we'll have to see what plans out in two years. Yeah, I agree with you on here. It's a pretty weird decision, but he does bring a lot of length to that 2-3 zone, which will I'll be excited to watch. There's going to be a lot of length two years from now in that 2-3 zone. Yeah, and uh, speaking of length in that 2-3 zone, uh, let's, let's cue into this year. Uh, 2020 prospect four-star Frank Asalem has also committed to Syracuse. He chooses Syracuse over Georgia, San Diego State, and New Mexico. Uh, Syracuse now moves into the top 35 in the recruiting class of 2020. Uh, where do you think the Orange are going to be in the Ace, uh, American ACC next year? Uh, I think they'll be in the middle of the pack. Like, um, I, I think they were in the middle of the pack last year. I think they'll stay in the middle of the pack this year. My Salem, he's a 6'10 um, big man with a 7'5 wingspan. So th that's a lot of length into that 2-3 zone. And, yeah, maybe maybe they can overachieve that middle of the pack that I'm saying, but, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, when I think of Frank Salem, I actually think of Rakeem Christmas. Back in those days, I, I definitely see this comparison a lot. They're both very big centers. They got a very big wingspan, and they're going to fill that anchor spot in the 2-3 zone. And I definitely see this comparison. We haven't really seen anyone as good as Rakeem Christmas in the past couple of years when it comes to big men on Syracuse. I know there's been a couple of guys in here, but they just didn't really have produced that much. But I think with Frank Asalem, I think he can definitely do some good things here. And I think he can bring back Syracuse basketball because – they, have, they haven't been that existent for a couple of years now, and they're, they're willing to make the tournament again. Next, Green Bay has hired Will Ryan as their next head coach. Will is the son of former Wisconsin coach Bo Ryan, and his recent job was for Division II Wheeling University. Ryan replaces Link Darner, who was fired after five seasons. Green Bay will lose four transfers to the portal, but will still return their best player. Um, do you think this is a good hire, first of all? Um, yeah, I think this is a good hire. Considering the coaches that were actually available, I think this is probably the best one they could have struck out on. Um, but Ryan was the assistant at Ohio University before actually taking the job at Wheeling. So he has, a, he has a D1 experience under his belt as an assistant. So I think this should be a different transition going from D2 to D1. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it should be okay. I mean, uh, going under his dad, Bo Ryan. I mean, they're gonna he's gonna have a ton of experience there, and I think he can do some good things at Green Bay. Yeah, um, Bo Ryan. His dad was actually recently inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame, but I don't even know if this if he's a better coach than Link Donner. Link Donner was a terrific mid-major coach, and I still don't get why they fired him. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I'm still shocked, and I still don't understand why they actually fired him. But uh, I mean. I, I don't know what they saw in it, but they did it, and there's no regretting that and no going back to that. So, um, I mean, it's definitely the wrong decision. I mean, you see four of their guys leave. I mean, the best player, I don't know why he's staying. I mean, he's, he's just loyal to Green Bay, I guess. But uh, if I were him, I'd leave, but uh, it, it is what it is. And with that being said, where do you think Green Bay will finish in the horizon next year? I, th I think they'll finish towards the bottom. Um, there's going to be a complete roster turnaround. If, if Link Donner stayed, I think they would have been at, actually at the top, but most of their team's in the portal now, and it's going to be a, a rebuild for Green Bay. Yeah, uh, Green Bay finished third last year in the horizon, and I definitely see them going towards the bottom of the uh, horizon. I see them being a bottom feeder. 
like you said there, it's going to be a completely different team. Sure, they got the best player back, but it's just going to be a completely different team. and They're not going to have as much strength as some of these other Horizon teams who don't lose out on four guys transferring out of their team. Mm. And the final piece of breaking news we have is the deadline for the underclassmen to return to college or keep their name in the NBA draft is now going to be set for August 3rd. The lottery has also been announced as going to be August 25th, and the actual draft is going to be on October 15th. Um, as of right now, 156 classmen have already declared, but there are still 78 that have remained undecided. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news, and do you think this date might shift? Uh, I think this date will stay put. Um, as you guys know, the NBA is coming back on July 31st, so I'm, we're, we're, we're probably both really excited for that. Um, and, yeah, I'll uh, the draft will be during a school day for us, um, so we'll be excited to watch, hopefully. Yeah, um, definitely going to cover that on a school day. We're going to have an episode right there and right then, and it's going to be pretty sick. But uh, I agree with you. I think this date will definitely stay intact, considering that the NBA is back. It's going to be back in a couple weeks from now, and uh, I'm very excited about that, like you said. And, um, yeah, I think this will definitely stay in place, and – I think there's going to be a lot of surprises when it comes to these underclassmen. I think I think a ton of them are actually going to go to the draft, but I think a couple of surprises might stay back. I mean, you you know, you, you expect to see a lot of these guys go, but I think some of them might surprise a lot of people, and they're actually going to come back to school. And that's going to change a lot of things in our rankings and everything like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, next, let's get, let's get to uh, probably the biggest news we have. Um, Oklahoma State has received a postseason ban for the 2021 season for their actions in the bribery and corruption scandal um, in 2016-17. Then assistant coach Lamont Evans received $18,000 to $22,000 in bribes to give to recruits in order for them to come and play. Um, the Cowboys will also lose one scholarship spot for the next three years along with a $10,000 fine. Um, they were actually a, a preseason lock for attorney and had a top 10 recruiting class coming in, led by number one over recruit Kate Cunningham. Uh, what do you think Kate Cunningham would do after this? Yeah, I mean, this is just a huge blow for Oklahoma State. And with them not being in the postseason, I think it's going to change Cunningham's decision, actually. Um, he has turned down offers from the G League in the past, but if I were him, I'd probably go to a different school. Um, he can definitely go to a Blue Blood school. I mean, although it would not be fair, I think that's probably the best option for them because they're not they're not going to receive postseason bans because they're just too good and too powerful of a school to actually get a postseason ban on them. I mean, we've seen it with Kansas. I mean, they got five level one bans. Do they have a postseason ban? No, they do not. So that just shows how powerful those blue blood schools are. So if I were him and wanted to play in the March Madness tournament, I'd go to a blue blood school. But um, I could also see him going to the G League route as well. So very excited to see what he's going to do. But if I were him, I'd go Blue Blood or G League. Yeah, um, I disagree with the Blue Blood. I think um, his stock would drop if he plays for Blue Blood. There's just too much talent. You saw with Cam Reddish just two years ago. He, he was projected top five pick and um, dropped down to 10 because there was just so much talent on that Duke team. Um, so I think G League or just stay at Oklahoma State. You think he's going to stay? I don't know. Um, I, think that's the oh. best, I think that's the best option. Even though the postseason man, he gets to be the star, his stock will probably stay top three. Nah, I don't know. If I if I were him, I'd be very disappointed, very frustrated 
because you worked so hard and you were going to probably be a postseason lock, like you said, and they just lose that now. And I'd, I'd be very disappointed. I'd be very annoyed. And I would leave. Maybe not blue blood, but I would definitely leave Oklahoma State or go to the G League. But um, we're going to have to wait and see what he actually does. Yeah, um, that being said, what are your thoughts on this punishment? Yeah, I mean, I just think this is very – this is just outrageous. I mean, we've seen all these other schools get these um, get these bans and level one fines and allegations and stuff like that. But uh, this one's pretty bad. I mean, all this stuff's from, like, four years ago. And they're all these guys are being affected now, which is just disappointing to see. I mean, you shouldn't, you shouldn't punish a team. Sure, you should punish a team, but you shouldn't punish a team that has already passed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what that's saying? Yeah. yeah. So, so a 2016, 2017 team is basically getting the punishment for this team that is going to come in to Oklahoma State next year, and that team is going to suffer. And the 2016, 2017, yeah, nothing really happens to them. And that's just really disappointing to see because I, re- I was really excited to watch this Oklahoma State team, and now now knowing that they can't make the playoffs is just pretty disappointing. Yeah, um, like you said, this is this is really outrageous. Um, there's actually zero players from that 16-17 roster on this roster. And um, the coach who bought in, Lamont Evans, allowed this to happen. And he's no longer at the school. He's actually coaching Illinois, Brad Underwood. And so I get you have to investigate, but I don't think it takes, what, three to four years to investigate this type of stuff, would you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this isn't the only team that's happened. I mean, we've seen a ton of teams happen. And they're given three, four years, and boom, they get a punishment now. But that And something that happened three, four years ago, like you said. And this is like, this is not the only team. I mean, we've seen Louisville happen to this. We've seen Kansas. And we're probably going to see some other teams, too, in the future. So, um, yeah, this is pretty disappointing. And I don't think this is the right way of going about it. And, I mean, there's not that we can really do. But, uh, yeah, this is just pretty disappointing news. Yeah, um, this punishment was a right punishment, but it was just a late punishment. And so if you were going to punish someone now, punish Illinois coach Brad Underwood for actually hiring Lamont Evans because I know Brad Underwood knew what he was doing when he hired him. So he yeah, what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. I, t- I totally agree with that. Why well, punish the team, punish the person that did it. And he's not at Oklahoma State, so why punish them? It, makes, it doesn't make much sense, but it's the NCAA. You can't really – can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we have a couple of draft decisions that have been made in the past uh, from the past episode to this one. There's only two notable ones that we decided to talk about. The first one is Cameron Langley at uh, North Carolina A&T. Uh, he will be returning for his senior season, averaged nine and a half points a game, five rebounds a game, uh, eight assists per game, and two steals per game. He is one of the nation's top passers and playmakers. Um, with that being said, do you think North Carolina A&T has a chance to dethrone NC Central? Uh, no, I think NC Central is just too dominant in the league, even though NC A&T were, was one game behind. They just have a terrific coach, and NC Central is just too dominant the past decade. Yeah, I definitely agree with you here. NC Central is just too dominant, like you said. They got a good coach. They got good guys coming in every year, and – not many of them are actually graduating, so they're going to return pretty much the same team that they did this past season. And uh, although Langley coming back is huge for A&T, I just think it's not enough to actually dethrone NC Central. Yeah. Next and last, Javon Graves of Buffalo. He will be returning for his senior season. 17 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. 
um, he will have an opportunity to be the Max or MAC's preseason uh, player of the year. Do you think it's Buffalo the front runner for their conference? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think Graves is definitely the preseason player of the year in the MAC. But um, with that being said, I just don't think Buffalo is going to be the front runner. I mean, they've lost a ton of stuff in the past. And although they were top dogs of the MAC a couple of years ago, I just don't think they're as good of a team back then as they are now. And although Graves coming back is going to be huge, I agree. I think he's going to be the uh, preseason player of the year. Uh, I just don't think Buffalo is going to be that good of a team. Yeah, you said um, great. Um, I don't think Grace will actually be preseason player of the year. I think that'll go to Justin Turner of Bowling Green. And I also think Bowling Green is the front runner for the MAC as well. But Buffalo yeah. will still be the second team or third team. They'll definitely be top three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Def- I definitely agree with being a top three team. I just don't think the top uh, actual top team of the MAC. I agree with you with Bowling Green being top front runner. But uh, I think it's going to be Graves against Turner for that preseason player of the year. I think go either way because both of them are very good players. Yeah. All right. And uh, the last topic, uh, not much transfers going on right now. We only got a couple here. So uh, it's kind of all over the place today. But uh, it's dry season. What can, what can we say? But, uh, yeah, let's, let's kick things off. Uh, the first transfer we have today is Jalen Carey out of Syracuse. Uh, he's committed to Rhode Island. Uh, he was a former top 50 recruit. He only played two games last season due to his thumb injury. Uh, he will have at least two years left um, pending the medical red shirt that he uh, is going to try and get for this year. There's a pretty good chance he's going to be eligible. I, I think personally he's going to be eligible for next season. And with that being said, do you think Carey, the Mitchell Twins, and Malik Martin join the Rhode Island team? How good do you think they're going to be in the next two years? Oh, I think I think they'll be a completely different team. Um, you think Fats Russell will be gone after this year? Is he a senior this year? He is a senior this year, yes. Yeah, um, they're going to have – an all-transfer starting five, it looks like. But these these transfers are really talented. And I think they'll be the front-runner to A-10 two years from now. Yeah. Um, A-10 is going to be a very good conference for the next couple of years. I mean, yeah, Dayton last year being the top dogs. But um, for the next couple of years, there's not really a true front-runner. I mean, you look at this year. You have St. Louis and Richmond being the top two teams. Then you got Rhode Island right behind them. You got St. Bonnie's right behind them. You got St. Louis even, right? Did I say St. Louis already? Yeah. I did. I, I did. But you got a couple of teams being behind them, like I said. And, um, yeah, for the next couple of years, you're not going to have a true defined front runner. You're going to have a lot of – you're going to have a bunch of sleeper teams that are going to make that jump and surprise a ton of people, especially with what Dayton just did this past season. You see VCU probably being that top team, and Dayton comes out of nowhere and surprises everyone. And yeah. I think it's going to be the case for the next couple of years. But I think Rhode Island's going to be a very good team in the yeah. end 10. Yeah, um, the A-10 looks very dangerous next year. Um, you got, like you said, St. Louis and Richmond, but you can't sleep on the other teams like Dayton and St. Bonnie's and Duskane even. Yeah, I forgot about Duskane, Dequence. I don't even know how you say it. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a 21-win team last year, and they're returning pretty much everyone. So, yeah, don't sleep on the A-10. They're going to be a very good conference next year. Mm-hmm. Um, next transfer, we got Andre Adams of Southern Utah. He is committed to BC. He's a grad transfer, started his career at Arizona State. Um, nine points, six and a half rebounds last season. Um, this is BC's fourth grad transfer. Is this a good pickup? Yeah, I think this is a very good pickup for BC. Um, they're, they're surprisingly getting a lot of tra- grad transfers, especially, and I, I didn't even see this really coming because BC is not a really high destination for these grad transfers. But um, 
Yeah, I think Adams will definitely help round out the bench. I don't think he'll start for BC next year. But I think BC is going to be a very deep team next year, something that they weren't the past couple of years. And with a lot of guys coming back from injuries, I think they're going to be a very good team next year. Yeah. Um, BC struggled with rebounding last year. The only guy who actually was good at rebounding is Stephon Mitchell. Um, Adams brings rebounding and toughness, which they needed badly. And so BC might surprise a lot of people, I hope, this year. I, I really hope so because – We've been waiting, and this is going to be the year. I can feel it. That definitely the most talent, the, the deepest team Jim Christian's had. So, Definitely. And we're definitely going to three-plus games. I, I expect to go to a lot of BC games this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next transfer we have is A.J. Walker at Air Force. Uh, after his list, he has decided that he will be returning to Air Force next season. Uh, his final four were between Air Force, TCU, Texas Tech, and Tulsa. Uh, he averaged 11 points a game, three and a half rebounds, three assists uh, this past season. With new coach Joe Scott coming in, uh, how how big is this going to be for Air Force? Yeah, this is huge for Air Force. Um, most of the guys entered the portal. Um, AJ Walker was clearly their best player um, last year, and he's coming back. That's that's a huge get for Joe Scott in his um, second stint back with Air Force. The Mountain West looks pretty wide open next year, so any I think it's anyone's game. Yeah, I think this is a very good and notable get for Air Force. I mean, the return probably what was their best player last season is going to be huge for them. And they also got a couple of guys coming in. Some some are going to be eligible, but others are going to have to sit out a year. But uh, with that being said, I think Air Force is going to be a pretty decent team the next couple of years. I mean, sure, they're not really – that well-known and that good when it comes to Mountain West teams. But uh, I think it's surprised a lot of people and finish maybe middle of the pack of Mountain West. I definitely don't see them being a top three team yet. But uh, who knows? Maybe they will be in the next couple of years. But uh, I guess time will tell. And last transfer of the day, Luke Frampton of Davidson. Frampton averaged 10 points and three rebounds in only five games. Um, played about 27 minutes a game in those five games. Took a personal leave of options back in November. Um, he will most likely be transferring. Um, this is a pretty wild stat. This is the first transfer leaving Davidson since they joined the A-10 conference. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's that's really impressive. Davidson's been in the A-10 for 10, maybe 10 plus years now. And um, that's just really impressive. And that just shows how good and how uh, compact Davidson's team is. And it just shows that they got a bunch of chemistry and don't really have that many flaws for that team. Yeah, that, that also shows why Davidson's such a successful program year in and year out, that longevity and just everything in general. Davidson's a pretty solid program. Yeah, and we didn't even mention them when talking about the A-10 teams that might surprise people. I mean, we completely forgot about Davidson because they're going to be up there too, and that's just crazy. Yeah, Um. that being said, where do you think Luke Frampton will end up? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting decision. Uh, Frampton's a very good player, and uh, things just didn't really work out at Davidson. Uh, took the personal leave of absence, like you said. But he's a very good player. I mean, he averaged 10 points a game and 27 minutes per game for five games. It's pretty good. Um, I think he'll probably stay in the mid-major uh, role. Um, I don't know where exactly he's going to go, but I don't think he should move up to a high major. I think staying in this mid-major level, high, high mid-major level, is going to be the best for him. But, but that being said, I don't really know what team is going to be the best fit for him and what teams actually will reach out to him yet. So we're going to have to wait and see. But 
I, I think he should stay in the mid-major uh, level. Yeah, um, Frampton leaving Davidson really actually hurt them. They were actually projected, um, I think, first or second in the A-10. And so once Frampton left, things just fell. And so that really impacted Davidson last year. Yeah, and Davidson's going to be a very different team in the A-10 next season, but they're still going to be a very good team. And they got a very good coach, and they're just a very good program, man. I wouldn't sleep on them when talking about A-10 teams. I know we did just a couple minutes ago, but uh, they're still going to be a very good team. And who knows, they might surprise a lot of people and finish top five in the A-10. Yeah, that being said, um, I think he's going to go back home to West Virginia. Um, whether that's a scholarship or a walk-on, I, I just think he took that personal leave of absence because he's homesick. So why not just go home? So you think he's going to go to West Virginia? Yeah, I think he's going to go back home. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if he does do that, uh, I don't think he'll get much playing time. Although although he's a very good player, I just I think his play, playing time will be definitely limited. It will not be 27 minutes a game, I can tell you that much, unless unless West Virginia absolutely collapses and Frampton's steps up, which could definitely be possible. But I'm just saying West Virginia is going to be a very talented team. And uh, Frampton's not going to see that much playing time the first couple of years. But who knows, maybe it will in the next, in the next couple of years. Yeah, that situation you just said, that doesn't happen very often. And like uh, also, like you said, West Virginia is returning the majority of their guys back, so they look to be a very dangerous team in the Big 12. Yeah, but I think they'll probably have to sit out a year anyways, and West Virginia will lose some of their top pieces because they are going to be seniors and they're going to graduate. So, hey, I mean, who knows? He, he might find some playing time there, but, I mean, he could always transfer again, I guess, as a grad transfer if he wanted. So Yeah, totally. But mid-majors definitely for him. Yeah, and uh, with that being said, uh, we thank you guys for watching, as always. Hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, we thank you guys again for uh, viewing the podcast on uh, all platforms. We've seen a ton of growth and improvement on all of those numbers. And uh, we we got to appreciate you guys because that's really all we can do. Yeah, um, like we said, dry spell. Um, just trying to get as much content as we can possible. 30-minute episodes. Not, not not ideal, but, you know, good enough. Yeah, and um, if you guys are following our Twitter, uh, this past week we actually received an award, the Kent Community Television Award, for the uh, most upcoming and new uh, podcast slash vodcast series. Uh, we won that award, and uh, we thank you to all the viewers, and uh, especially Kent Community Television and Mr. McDonough, who pretty much founded this podcast and really made it grow and improve. And, uh, we hope that we keep uh, doing this for the next couple months or so, and obviously during school because it's very fun to do and we enjoy it a lot. And uh, those guys are – we really appreciate you and appreciate everything that you've done for us. Yeah, totally. Um, it might not be the best situation now just doing it virtually, um, but in September when school starts, we're going to have a brand-new setup hopefully, and it will be exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um it's, it's coming pretty soon, like just like the season school and actually being together for the podcast is coming pretty soon and uh, got to be pretty excited about that. But uh, yeah, as always, uh, we thank you guys for watching and uh, staying safe and uh, it's always March, baby. It's always March. Thank you, guys.